Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. By week's over, baby. Believe in Commanders is still here. We're rocking. We got four games left for the Commanders, but there's so much more to talk about. We don't really got to worry about the season. We can think about the future and what's coming with this team. Um, you're hearing from a lot of former players. Montez Sweat has some things to say about his organization while uh, you know, giving some love to his current organization. And there's just a lot of things going on with the draft and, and positioning for how high can Washington actually get. They could actually become maybe the second pick after reading this thread by Grant Paulson. But before we get into all of that, let's welcome my friend over here on the other side of the screen, Mr. Brian Murphy. What's up, my man? How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. It was nice to have a stress-free weekend, even though the commander season looks to be headed in the direction uh, we realize and, and we we see very clearly happening. It was I still get stressed when I'm watching the game. So it was nice to have a stress-free free football weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like you said, there's so much going on, whether it be NFL, whether it be college, all kinds of stuff going on. Football never sleeps. And uh, this league and the team never sleeps either. That's for sure. It, it never does. I mean, when you... When you think about just everything that's been going on, you know, you're seeing, you know, other teams have a success and, and you're saying, well, why isn't Washington making something happen in two years? Or and you hear players saying that they want out and then players are having success in new organizations. Uh, some players aren't having much success in organizations. So I think a lot of things are just kind of coming to a head right now. Mm-hmm. You're starting to realize that some of the, the decisions that you made in the past, they weren't great decisions. And, and you're starting to swallow that pill. Um, but the, the future's bright. The future's bright. And if you had to count the future in greenbacks, Washington has plenty to spend. I mean, sitting there with, what, 90 million, close to 90 million in cap space. Obviously, it'll get, it'll get eaten up quickly with a couple of signings. But that, on top of the ability to draft and be high in the draft to get some very impactful players, and hell, are they even going to want to leave college? What do you think, Brian? Yeah, you're right. There, there's a there's a lot um, to look at here with Washington, and it's it's hard to. I know we're going to grade this team, but it's hard to not look ahead and think about how many of those guys won't be here next year. And that kind of goes into some of my rankings and, and and grades and stuff like that. But you're right. This team is going to look totally different. We, we, we assume we, we already know a new owner. We assume it's going to come with a new GM and a new head coach. And that's just a matter of time. Probably this time next month, uh, we'll, we'll know that there's an opening or several openings. So sure. yeah, th- there's a, there is a lot to look at when it comes to the future of this team. And that's, why I guess you know four and four and nine is disappointing and it's frustrating, especially when Ron Rivera's calling card has always been kind of five hundred. Um, but I'm not too broken up about it because I know that the future looks pretty good for this team. As much as um, some fans want to say it's doom and gloom, I think there are a lot of positive pieces going on around this team. I think there are a lot of there's going to be a shot of uh, a boost of energy coming in. Uh, with some of the the moves that they're going to be able to make both in the draft and with, like you said, with that cap space. Uh, And I'm excited to see where some new minds and some new guys take this, this team in the years to come. I have a quick question for you. Just hit my head. If you had to, if you had to pick, uh, let's say uh, Washington, the odds that they end up with a top two pick, uh, a top three pick or a top five pick, which one would you put your $2 on? Um, I think that, I think I'd feel pretty confident they're going to get a top three pick. I think the Cardinals are a little bit better 
than um than their record shows and i think they're gonna be kind of feisty and get a win down the stretch i do think the patriots are real bad despite their win on thursday night um so i I feel pretty confident they're gonna get a top three a top two would be sweet but that would that would mean that a couple of teams but mainly the the patriots and the cardinals would have to kind of help you out and i just don't know you can rely on them but a top three i feel pretty confident in i'd be shocked if they fell out of the top five at this point though you know and i can say Finishing in that position, top three, top five, it doesn't feel like it's been that bad of a season, but there's a lot of teams that are sitting at four and eight, so it makes right. a lot of sense. But and, uh, go ahead. and Monday Night Football was huge for this team. The Giants getting their fifth win, the Titans getting their fifth win. Right now, uh, I think the the Commanders are the only team with four wins or one so of the few only teams. one. They're the only one at four and nine. Right. Yeah. Point. Okay. So they're sitting solely. Uh, yeah. I think with the fourth selection. So. Yeah. So it. it yeah. It's going to be an interesting month for a lot of different reasons down the It stretch. is. It is a tough run. Uh, tough games coming up this upcoming Sunday. They're going to travel all the way out to L.A. The Commanders face a familiar face in Sean McVay and Cruz. Matt Stafford said, "No, nope, I don't want to go to D.C. Send me out to the to sunny California. He got himself a Super Bowl. But they're going to face the Commanders, and and you can bet on that game if y'all want to, folks. Over there at BetOnline.ag, use our code Believe. That's B L E A V. Get yourself that welcome bonus. Uh, the line. I mean, the last two games has been nine and a half going into Dallas. Nine and a half going into the game against Miami in this matchup this Sunday the line for the commanders in the Rams game is a measly seven points mm, favorited by the Rams home team Rams uh seven points so if you think you want to get on some of that action you can do that over there at betonline.ag it is where the game starts yes right. indeed yes indeed so Brian was taught he was talking about uh, he was on Twitter and he was yeah, causing I got a these ruckus. Twitter fingers. That's right. Yeah, he was causing a ruckus and, and he was essentially saying, hey, if you end up with that second overall pick, he was mentioning a guy that he would select or would you not select? No, he no, I would selecting. I would. I wouldn't let the Bears even get off the podium before I was back up there so fast. I would take this guy. And he that is making. And that is Marvin Harrison Jr. MH2, MH Jr. However, Maserati Marv is what I heard. It's the worst nickname I've ever heard. But uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I would be, I would be up there immediately. I'd be waiting on the Bears to get back down, assuming they're taking whichever quarterback they like or have traded out to give it to somebody else who's going to take a quarter. I'd be right up there for Marvin Harrison Jr. And I thought, honestly, I didn't think this was that controversial. I was like, arguably the first or second best player, depending on how you feel about. Caleb Williams and or Drake May. I think Marvin Harrison is top three at the at at worst when it comes to this draft class. And then all of a sudden, uh, I'm getting a lot of pushback. And mm-hmm. I was like, it seemed like I was, I had to check my my pulse and see if I was crazy. I mean, we're talking about a Heisman finalist, a guy that uh, arguably could be better than his Hall of Fame dad. And I know that that's early, but that's what people are saying. I wouldn't even hesitate. And I, I'm curious how you feel, but I just was more than anything. I was. I was surprised at how much um, pushback I got from all that. Then the major pushback, if you didn't see the tweet, it was essentially that they're saying there's more needs on this Washington team than to go and get a player like uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. And when you look at the receiver room, you're like, man, you got Terry McLaurin. You already got Jahan Dotson, who will be going into his third year. You got Curtis Samuel, who's getting on the tail end of his contract. So uh, there's, if, if you make a selection like that with Marvin Harrison Jr. at two, then you gotta you gotta think that somebody's gotta go, right? Somebody's gotta go. So the the biggest pushback to to me, I love well, number one, I love Marvin Harrison Jr. 
I work, was able to work with him at an Under Armour All-America camp uh, back when he was still in high school. And he was, you know, was he was very much, you know, doing his thing, very practical, pragmatic. He was just, you know, he was out there to work. Uh, other guys were maybe a bit more showy, but he's not a loud guy. His dad wasn't a loud guy, so I didn't really expect that from him. Uh, but he was smooth, as talented as ever. Then he goes to OSU, gets uh, gets tutored by a former NFL receiver, Brian Hartline, who's been spitting them out like crazy. So you know he's going to come in skilled. Obviously, Terry McLaurin was there as well. He's going to come in skilled. I initially pushed back at it. I'm like, man, I don't think you take Marvin. If you find your way at two, you might have to take him. But if it's like, I can see how there's so many different ways to go. I could see how you could get a left tackle. Yeah, the main thing was the offensive line. Everybody's like, what about the offensive line? You need Sam Hell upright. And, you know, he's not going to be able to have, have time to throw it to Terry or Martin. I mean, yeah. like, tweet after tweet. I, I understand. I get that line of thinking. But I also I think that the best teams in the league go best player available. And whether or not that fits into a need, sometimes yeah. it, it might not at, at, on the surface fit into a need. I think this is the second or, like I said, first best player available. And yeah. if you're, he's there, he's a playmaker, you go and take him. It also feels like a lot of the, the reaction was like, this is the last offseason in the history of time. I'm like, not everything's got to be figured out in this offseason. I, I think they're going to address the offensive line. I think they have to. Yeah. But I don't think they have to do that in the top five pick for it to be an impact impactful decision. Could they? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. But if yeah. you have a player like Marvin Harrison there that can change games, I think you got to do that. I think it's 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 similar to what the Bengals did. I think it's similar to what the Vikings did. Did they necessarily need a receiver? Maybe it was on the list of Mel Kuyper's needs for the team, but I don't know that it was at the top of the list. But I also don't think they'd apologize for taking Jamar Chase and taking Justin oh, Jefferson. No. I think they would much rather have those guys and then build in some pieces maybe later in the draft, maybe in yeah. the next offseason. What did, what did the Vikings do? They took Justin Jefferson, who kind of fell to them surprisingly uh, towards the, the the back half of the first round. And then the next year, they took Christian Derisaw, who, are, who are, some are saying is maybe one of the best left tackles in the league and is going to be the yeah. cornerstone for their offensive line for a long time. So it's not just this offseason. Like, that's where I was kind of surprised that people were – it felt like this is the last offseason the commanders yeah. had in the history of time, and it's not that case. Yeah, but you, but you know this squad and this fan base is very impatient. They are always trying to, you know, yeah, they want sure. to win now. They want to win yesterday. They think that if you get a new head coach, it's Super Bowl or bust. And I, I'm with you. This, this, this team is not in that place. But when you have a lot of money to spend, you got to think that you're going to be able to potentially, I would say, address that position, uh, the left tackle position in free agency, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a whole gap of time that we're not even thinking about. I think that, you know, if you're going to think you're at the two, if you know you're up at two and you're going to have a choice of getting Marvin Harrison, um, then I think you make you make your off-season off plans match up for that, right? Go yeah. shopping for a tackle, get a vet instead and of getting a young guy. That's what the Bengals did. They went and got Orlando Brown, you know, a couple off-seasons afterwards. Like, there are many ways to skin a cat. And while I wouldn't be upset with an offensive tackle, I think people were thinking that I was poo-pooing the offensive. That's not the case. Sure. I just think that when you have something that special right there, you got to take it. And I would immediately be up there for uh, for for Marvin Harrison. 
I went and looked up the undrafted, uh, not undrafted, but the unrestricted free agents coming up in 2024. Just went offensive line across the board. Most of the guys are older, 36 for Jason Kelsey. Tyron Smith is 30. He'll be 33. Uh, so some of those guys are older. You wouldn't necessarily consider them. But there's a guy over there my, by the name of Jonah Williams. Uh, 26 years old. He's in Cincinnati now. Uh, obviously, maybe he tries to stay where he is, uh, but you never know. He may want to go out there and test the waters and go somewhere new. So you maybe throw some money at him. Uh, you see another guy, Yash uh, Nijman. He's he's from in Green Bay, 28 year old. So you have some younger guys that you could potentially roll the dice on. And there are a couple of vets as well. So I think you have options uh, right there. But well, here's the biggest question, though. Is Marvin Harrison Jr. even going to want to come out of college? I mean, with the reports yeah. of him having NIL deals worth upwards of $20 million per year, baby, you could call me uh, Van Wilder. I'm mm -hmm. in college as long as possible, and, and I ain't even mad at these players because they were talking about this morning. The coaches will up and leave. They recruit all these players, and then they up and leave and, and, and leave these players high and dry. Mm -hmm. I'm not mad at these young guys going out there, maximizing their earning potential, making that money. I can't be mad at it. So if he decides to say, I don't want to go to the league yet because I'm going to make $20 million, can you really fault him for it? No. And, and, and I, I think, no, absolutely. And I think Caleb Williams has even said it's not a, a done, this done deal. And I think we all think he will come out and, and be the first or second overall pick. But with that NIL, it does open up a whole new wild card. You know, it's just not what when you would say typically it's, yeah, there's a 95% chance they're going to go. Well, now it's probably dropped down to 92% given sure. what they can do in college. And you're absolutely right. The kind of the free agency that this is allowed, I, I think it's long overdue. And I, I love it for the player. Like you mentioned, coaches sell you on a bill of goods and then they're gone. Uh, before you wake up the next morning. So uh, I, I absolutely love it. And, you know, if Marvin Harrison does decide to stay and like he said, uh, he, he really wants he would trade it all for beating Michigan once. Maybe he wants to come back and finally beat Michigan. So, yeah, yeah there are a lot of factors there. And, and, and you never know until a guy has his name in there that he's available. And for, I'll tell you, for $20 million. I mean, I guess I'd want to beat Michigan. I, $20 million, you do a lot of stuff. And I would definitely find another class to go to. I would have another 12 hours. And right. Be yeah. I mean, Dr. Anthony Armstrong. Like, hey, That's man, right. Y'all just, just keep bringing me back to school. I'm going to just keep on coming up over here. So uh, let's do this thing. All right, well, before we um, go too far, we want to talk about this defense. Just a, a episode or two ago, I was on here solo. I let Brian take the day off. And I was talking about the Thank offense. Goodness. I was just I was just going through the offense. I wanted to rank them, grade the players and positions and say, is this a position group that I would want to go look at in free agency or is it a draftable position group or do you stand pat with the guys that you have there? So we did offense before, but now we're going to jump over here and do defense. So let's start up front where one of the more vocal crews uh, in, in as of late, uh, the defensive line, the defensive line, you're talking about John Allen, uh, Deron Payne, Casey Tuhill, and the crew. So that's kind of like two live crew. Are you familiar yeah, with that group? I, I know I I don't know the 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 reference that great, but it sounds familiar. Okay, when you get home and you're not at your job, you can you can look up a couple okay. of two live crew songs. All right. Make sure by themselves, and then you'd be like, okay, all right, this is what he's referring to. But Casey Tuhill and the crew, Allen and Payne. What are you looking at the defensive line, Brian? What do you think? Uh, I mean, I don't know how you want to grade this. I, I was going by letter grades and maybe just overall feelings, you but just it, grade it. 
it's just it, it, it's been a disappointing year and I think that's a given and, and obviously with the defensive line you you kind of have to mention the guys that aren't here anymore and that's Chase Young and, and Montez Sweat as they're they were a big part of what this defensive line was hopefully going to do and kind of finally round into form all of these guys healthy and they underperformed and and there's no there's no doubt about it I don't know that I'd give them a failing grade because I think they still have carried the defense and the few big plays they've had have largely been due to the defensive line so I don't know that I'd give them a failing grade but I think a D would be uh, uh, nice enough I do like one of the positives I think you mentioned Casey Tuhill. there are guys like John Ridgeway have you found something in um KJ Henry I think that the depth might be there to where if you can sign a guy in the offseason uh, like a Brian Burns or a Josh Allen should they become available that then you kind of maybe think hey maybe this defensive line could be something but I'm not going to fall for that again Uh, and we were touted four first round picks and they didn't live up to it they're not first round picks anymore they're 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 professionals and they 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 underperformed and so overall it's been very disappointing but I do like some of the the second tier guys. And I think that they add some valuable depth and, and are good ro- rotational pieces. It's now, can you get a game changer, a game wrecker in there to really make this defensive line come together on a consistent basis? You're looking for a game mm-hmm. wrecker. I mean, when you look at the highlights of a Micah Parsons, one of the things they say is that guy is relentless. Mm-hmm. He is tenacious. Uh, we need to have somebody that has that type of energy across that front line in Washington. And I'm with you on the grade. Now, I actually bumped him up to a C- minus because of the depth. I think the depth showed up to see that Casey Tuhill was still able to go and get five and a half, six sacks, whatever he has right now on the season. That shows that there are there is some depth there and there's something that you can work with. Now, uh, like you said, are they game breakers? No, not 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 yet. Uh, not not just yet. It's more of a unit that has to work well together rather than having one person who's just going to decide this is the time I'm going to go over there and get after the quarterback. Uh, now let's move right on back. We're just going to slide back a couple of steps. We're going to that linebacker crew. Um, I'm thinking Davis, Jam- Jamin Davis, who just went to IR, Mayo, Cody Barton, Kaliki Hudson, those fellas. Um, I gave this group a C. Mm. I gave this group a C, and and. For me, C is just kind of like you showed up, you did your job. Um, and, and compared to starting the season, that's about right. That's about where we I would have graded them, a C. They weren't extremely, you know, they had more room to grow rather than for a, for them to, to take a step back. That's, that's where I gave them a C. I think Jamin Davis has played well. Obviously, he's going to IR now, but. And he had a lot of uh, about two or three games in a row. He had game ending plays in pass mm-hmm. coverage against running backs and tight ends and things of that nature. So the guy's been improving his play slowly but surely, tick by tick throughout his career. Uh, I do think this team will look to pick up his fifth round option. I think, well, maybe they won't <clears throat> pick up his fifth round option. They haven't yeah. done it before, but it'll be a whole new, a whole new uh, group yeah. by then. Guys so that didn't draft know. him. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was again, uh, probably too, a little too mean, but I gave this group a D, uh, you know, which coming into the season, I was not high on them at all, which was frustrating. I think we've been saying it since for a year and a half, how do two linebackers, two former linebackers and Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera completely abandon the position. So given what they had, I think they did okay. Kind of like you were saying, but they were still really bad. Um, mm-hmm. Davis did show flashes, but. Uh, I like to see flashes from a third, fourth, fifth round guy, not a former first overall pick. Another for, former first overall, you know, first round pick, not first overall, but, you know, first round pick. Yeah. Um, and so it was frustrating, man. And I think Barton, um, 
I think he is what he is. I think he did okay for, you know, what he was asked to do, but this position has been so highly disappointing. And I, I, you know, as much as I kind of like what Hudson shows athletically and Mayo has, you know, had a couple sacks against the giants a few weeks back, but I wouldn't be too upset if they just scrapped this entire position and brought in four or five new guys. Mm. I mean, would you really, would you really be dropping off that much because they, they really kind of abandoned this position kind of went bare bones on it. Um, and they, they lived and died by that. And while yes, they did show flashes, it has been glaringly awful for the last couple of years. And so, um, I, I don't have much nice to say about this. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, I'm with you. I think that what you need is an athletic leader. Um, yeah. I mentioned before Fred Warner. It, yeah. Remember when Roquan Smith was floating around out there right. and they didn't make like you need somebody that's going to hold the other 10 guys accountable. You need somebody that is that is doing it and showing it and is doing the things that he need everybody else to do. Right. I just I just watch these primetime games and I know we're seeing just a, a little a little glimpse of what this what those teams are doing over 17 games. But mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've seen a linebacker make a play and thought. That guy would have started for the commanders. Yeah. And, and and then you look on their depth chart and he's like the third, fourth special teams guy. And I'm like, how did the, how did it get to this position where they are so bad at, at at what was one point one of the most important positions on the field? It just was mind boggling yeah. and and frustrating. And that, I think that's a you know one of the many reasons that this this group is gonna be gone and um they they just failed this at, at this particular portion of their job. Oh, you ain't lying. Now, one group that's really been having a rough go, and this is the group I was the toughest on, was the defensive Me back. too. I gave, I gave them a D, um, and I didn't want to give out Fs, but I gave them a D. I said, number one, it felt like a homecoming game every time somebody came and played the Commanders for a few weeks in there. And what I mean by that is, you know Alabama books uh, some directional team out of Mississippi, yep. and they go and trounce them. That's what was going on when you was playing the commanders. Whenever you, you you need to get going, you need to get on a good roll. Oh, here comes Washington. We can go mm-hmm. and get our passing game going again. Like I mean, if you think about it, Buffalo and Josh Allen looked absolutely unstoppable against Washington. Now they're six and six, and they're fighting for a chance to get into the playoffs. So right. it, it's it's just very frustrating to see how the, the the whole team performed. I mean, number one, I love Cam Curl. I think he's going to get re-signed. I think he's a, the heartbeat of this defense. You need to make sure he's in the building. Um, the the rest of the guys, Fuller played a hell of a season. I think he's done really well all year. You haven't heard his name that much except for that play against Tyreek Hill. And if you're going to have a foot race against a cheetah, you're going to lose every time. Uh, yep. But, you know, Forrest was hurt, but then, you know, St. Juice and Forbes, we got to see some growth from those guys. Um, I know, I think Forbes, he's going to bounce back and be all right, but uh, St. Juice, I, I, I need him to show a little bit step up there. He's got some physical traits, he's got some physical abilities, but uh, we need to see some improvement in play. So I wouldn't be surprised if they, one, I'm pretty sure they'll draft somebody, but they may be poking their heads around in free agency for somebody as well. Yeah, and this is the group that I think I'm going to be watching the most over the last month, um, where the defensive line, I feel like you got Deron Payne and John Allen, and hopefully you've got some depth pieces, but I think you kind of largely have your defensive line figured out. Now can you get a game wrecker? Linebacker, mm-hmm. like I said, you can completely scrap it. 
for the most part, other than Kendall Fuller, this is a young group. These are guys that you are going to need, like you say, to step up. I mean, you can't just all of a sudden move on from Emmanuel Forbes because he had a bad year. I mean, he's a rookie. St. Yeah. Juice is what is in his second, third year. I mean, yeah. these guys are young, and they, they are going to be called upon over these next couple of years good or bad to be your secondary and i think that's why i gave them an f i was i was the most disappointed in them i thought that they were going to turn the ball over left and right and while they did kind of early in the season now they've been sitting on what six seven interceptions something like that and half of them came against desmond ritter um who who we know is, is has not had a very good season so I, this has been a disappointing year. Uh, like you said, Fuller has been solid. He he was a, a true veteran, has has really kind of stabilized the position. Emmanuel Forbes, we know the injury issues. We know him getting benched. I, I agree that I think he'll bounce back. St. Juiced, while the traits are there and the confidence is there, he has been picked on so hard so many times. And, and, and part of the reason I'm looking at this group over the last month, this weekend you got Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup. Next weekend, you got uh, Garrett Wilson. The weekend after that, you got Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. Oh, and then the final weekend, unless they're sitting everybody, you got C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, and Brandon Cook. So this is a big, big month for them. And if they, they're going to show anything, it, it has to be in this last, last month. Otherwise, you're feeling pretty bad about this secondary that you thought was going to be a ball-hawking secondary. Yeah. You, you don't even have on there Percy Butler. You don't have on there Quan Martin, two, two young guys who you thought might step up and make some plays, and it just never happened for this group, and it's very, very disappointing looking at them as a whole. It really is. Um, and you know, the one thing about DBs, man, they have, they, they have they're forgetful. They will they give up a pass and they forget. And you have they go to be, and, and I get that. Yeah, They do. You have to be, and they got that. They got that. Well, we got to get some production on outside of it. Uh, overall, um, I gave the overall defensive performance this year. I think I gave them a D. I think that's what I wrote down. Yeah, I gave the defense a D overall. And I know that may not average out, um, but I think when you look at the fact that, like I said, it's been a homecoming for other teams. I don't. I don't want to be. I've been on that side before in college. I don't want to be on that side. Um, in the pros and then sit wow. there and watch a team go through that. Uh, but then also the, just the lack of adjustments, the lack of adjustments week in and week out, because that D includes the coaching uh, that the, or the lack thereof, just n- no adjustments. In the, Firing um, your coordinator. Yeah. I mean, there's just a lot going on. So scrap the whole thing. Yeah, obviously it's scrapped. It's over anyways. What do you yeah. do? I, I think you have some pieces, and I'm excited to see who they bring in as a defensive coordinator, whoever the new head coach is. I'm kind of curious what they can do with these pieces because we have there are some athletes. I mean, I think Jamin Davis has some ability. He 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 was called to be the linebacker where he's more of a rotational second tier guy, but in that role he could really thrive. And I think there are some yep. pieces that could really thrive in different roles. So I am curious to see what they do with the defense. But this unit. This year, I didn't even realize I was holding it. It was kind of a habit. I'm holding a red pen because I'm giving it a big fat F. Uh, mm. it, it's been so bad. Uh, you know, like you said, teams teams are licking their chops when they go up against this unit. Uh, and it's not just, you know, passing. It's not just running. It's the whole thing. Like you said, it's coaching. Um, I mean, it's bad. And, and it your, your, your few good games were against some really bad quarterbacks. And, and, while you you don't have to take you don't have to apologize for good games, while you don't have to apologize for the Atlanta game, while you don't have to apologize for you know picking off Mac Jones, you, you beat Josh Dobbs before he he was off that team. So your yeah. four wins are really 
some bad wins against some some bad quarterbacks for the most part and uh it's just not good enough especially not in today's nfl i know the game is has shifted all the way over to the offense but the defense has got to be able to make a play here or there and it seems like every other team made a play from time to time but this team specifically there's definitely definitely some room for improvement all the way around uh but i had one thought and i was gonna uh, bring this uh, up here it has nothing to do with the defense but it, it pertains mostly to the draft so let's say Washington finds themselves back in that five, four, five range. There, there was a position group that had just kept flashing with big plays and big catches all week and, frankly, all season. It's the tight end group. So if you find yourself in a position and, and uh, the young fella out of Georgia is there, you're at yeah. four. If, let's, say, let's say there's no Caleb Williams, there's no Marvin Harrison Jr., and you're sitting there and, and, and it's Bowers. I think you got to go get Bowers. Yeah. Um, I'm so torn by this because maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm being hypocritical because you know, you got a weapon that would just be ridiculous for you. And that's kind of my argument for, for Marvin Harrison so early, but yeah. I think at that point I'm still taking the offensive tackle. Um, it, you know, if Harrison are gone, if the quarterbacks are gone, I think I'm taking the, I'm going to go boring and take the tackle. Yeah. And that's probably, that's not, it's probably not popular here in Georgia country. Brock Bowers is ridiculous, but can you justify a top five pick for a tight end? We 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 thought the Falcons made a slam dunk decision with Kyle Pitts, and they probably yeah. have used him way wrong. So maybe that's a bad example, but yeah. a tight end top five would be hard for me. But he did have a touchdown this year. Number one, number two. If you can say, well, let, let's say if it, uh, let's say Eb's not there, then you just have to just lose that. But uh, I, I saw Evan Ingram. No, no, yeah, Evan Ingram was making plays down there for Jacksonville. Uh, Jake Ferguson has been going out of his mind for for the Cowboys. Go ahead. The one the one thing and, and and maybe the the guy at the top of my list is Ben Johnson, the Detroit offensive coordinator, and yeah. what he's done with Sam Laporta. Then you could maybe talk me into Brock Bowers if we're getting that kind of production from a rookie Man. tight end. It'd be well, hard. Not Dalton to Kincaid enough. too now. Sure, Dalton sure. Kincaid's been balling. So there's been a lot of tight ends that are balling, and then I, I think it comes from the fact that defenses are getting smaller and faster you're seeing yeah. more safeties at linebacker now so now you have those mismatches big six five two thirty two forty going up against these uh safeties and dbs who really don't want to hit nobody so um i could see that you know if you if you're not able to get an explosive player uh like harrison um then i think you got to go bowers uh, and then let the o-line happen in the free agency space uh, but folks join in on this conversation let us know what are you doing Obviously, Brian says he's going Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. Um, I, you can't I, convince I would, me otherwise. I mean, I've I, seen some good arguments, and I still don't feel convinced. So you know, I, maybe I, I'm being I can, stubborn. I can get behind it. If I take in the fact that you're going with the free agency selection as well, then the free agency selections of old linemen and addressing other positions, yeah, go out and get your boy. Uh, but outside of that, man, follow us up on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and those uh, accompanying spaces. Brian, where can they listen to us? You can listen to us all over. You can listen to us on TuneIn Radio, on SiriusXM, uh, Stadium, Reach TV, all of these places. And, of course, you can download the podcast as well, which we appreciate on all your platforms where you listen to podcasts. So we appreciate you listening all year long. Hasn't been quite the year for the Commanders, but like we said, there's a lot of fun stuff coming up with the offseason. The last month of the season, these guys are playing for jobs and for their futures in the NFL. So it'll still be a lot of fun, and we'll be here every step of the way. So we appreciate you listening, watching, and tuning in however you do so. Yes, indeed. So for Mr. Brian Murphy, for Mr. Arrow sitting here, live studio audience, this is Anthony Armstrong. Y'all be good. Take it easy. 
Say bye. See y'all later. Y'all have a good one. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.